0: We are back. You're listening to Radio Parallax, and this is our quadrannual or biannual uh, pre-election show. Um, we want to talk about some of the state races and propositions, etc., but we really need to take one, look, one more look here at the national picture. We're joined now by award-winning journalist Danny Schechter. Danny Schechter is called the News Dissector. He's founder and executive producer of Global Vision an independent media production company. His new independent film on the media coverage of the ramp-up to the war in Iraq is WMD, The Film. Welcome back to Radio Parallax, Danny Schechter.
1: Great. Yeah, WMD, Weapons of Mass Deception, is what it stands for. But happy to be with you. That's great.
0: I took a look at the trailer on, on your website. Where should people go if they want to, want to see yeah, more about
1: WMD, the film. this? Yeah, WMDTheFilm.com. Tim Robbins. Academy Award-winning actor narrated the trailer for us, and it's also a clip from the film. The film has been winning awards at film festivals, and it's about to be released into theaters by Cinema Libre Studio, the people who released the film out foxed. So we think we're in good hands, and we're going to get this out as widely as we can.
0: So hopefully here in Northern California, we can check this out between now and Election Day.
1: You know, the film even though it seems to be about just about the war, it's actually about the way our media has been sort of managed and sure. controlled in many ways by, by you know, and we see the same pattern in this election. You know, with a focus on, you know, attack politics, bullying of all critics, you know, an effort to uh misrepresent information about the war on terror, about how safe America is, about a whole lot of issues, in the same way that we saw the WMD issue and the link between Osama and, and Saddam utilized to build support for the war, even though that information later turned out to be false.
0: Right. And we, and we talked to you a bit about uh, about that very subject last year. We we hope we can return to that again, no matter who wins on November uh, 2nd.
1: You know, But what I'm saying is that the patterns here are patterns that the public has to be aware of and see how, in fact, we're being managed and manipulated. And, you know, what, what seemed like something that happened a long time ago is still happening today. In fact, you know, another film I made about what was happening in Florida in the year 2000, the, the lack of, uh, uh, you know, counting of 175,000 votes, today they're saying there may be as many as four Floridas in this election. So there's a lot of uncertainty about whether or not people are going to have their rights to vote protected and whether or not they're going to have their votes counted. And this is something I think we all have to be concerned about as we, you know, we're just a week away from a big election.
0: Well, I'm I'm scared to death looking ahead to Ohio and Florida and Nevada and a few other states. But um, there is one story I wanted to, to, to just briefly focus on. Um, that's maybe just now getting some traction. If you looked at Doonesbury this week, they're doing a series on George Bush being wired. And it, it hasn't gotten a lot of play here in the United States, but it has gotten it internationally. I note that uh, uh, Dave Lindorf, who broke the story, I guess, in Salon.com, talked to CNN, but only CNN International.
1: Well, you know, this story, when I, when I first saw Bush uh speaking in france uh, at and, and you know uh he was there with president chirac in normandy you know uh kind of commemorating the you know the world war 2 famous battle there yes in the battleground uh, I heard a voice before Bush spoke. Uh, actually, his words in somebody else's mouth, uh, and I thought at the time, well, maybe this is just for the translator. But usually, when a president speaks, they give you the text, the translator's a text in advance. But I didn't pay too much of attention attention to it until we started getting calls at MediaChannel.org from readers around the world who also saw the same thing and were asking about it. Could you know, there be some sort of device prompting Bush? Could there be somebody talking in his ear? Of course, uh, you know, that issue rate was raised again in the first debate where it appeared as if at the in, in one point in the debate bush stopped and was speaking to somebody and nobody was clear like who he was talking to and it was probably to the people who were kind of talking to him in this earpiece that we didn't really see i mean the earpieces today are very subtle they can be put deep into the ear you don't necessarily see them so this, this has led to all the speculation that Bush was being wired, that he's being, in a sense, directed. And, you know, if you look at his track record as a speaker, it's been often very hesitant. He hesitates. He fumpers around for the right word. He often makes up words. His command of the English language is, as he himself has admitted, not perfect, okay? Mm-hmm. So you could see where his managers would want to enhance his presentation and use technology to do so. Now, the point is this is, you know, would be, I think, unethical in a debate situation where you're not supposed to be aided or prompted by anyone in the same way when you're a kid, you're not supposed to write the answers to the... Questions on your head with a pen and come, in, you know, come into a test and in elementary school, as many of us probably have, right. you know, to, as a, as an aid to remind us of, of you know of, of answers. So there was a great deal of speculation, a lot of stories about it. Now, my partner Rory O'Connor called the Bush campaign, got through to the top guy. He he joked about it, dismissed it, said, you know, it's only because we put a steel plate in his head, you know, ha ha, to kind of make make mock this thing, said, and denied it. Uh, although many people then, there were photographs of a bulge in Bush's back, you know, which would have been consistent with some device. Other people said, well, with the technology we have today, you wouldn't need that kind of a bulge or a big... You know, a big uh, some sort of machine and a rece- receiver in his, you know, in the back of his suit. And there was a cartoon. cartoon that I saw it looked like he was wearing an iPod. You know, <laughs> in his back, you know, listening to music. But I, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of technology is used. And we have very sophisticated, for example, teleprompters today. Nobody objects to that. Somebody's reading their speech. They're being helped along by a teleprompter. You know, when I was at the Republican convention you could see one there at the Democratic Convention you can see one there and they use this I had a friend at the UN who told me that before he spoke at the UN they 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 forced everybody to leave the room and they brought in all this equipment which took a long time so this type of equipment is utilized a great deal and there is there are sophisticated prompting devices but yeah I mean this is one more example though of the, the fact that this is a managed administration, uh, Bush himself is managed by handlers, uh, this is a very tightly run message machine. And having Bush, you know, with some sort of device would be consistent with making sure that the message that they prize so so much is, is, is relayed.
0: Well, I understand that at one point, uh, the, use, the, the fact that presidents even had speechwriters was considered something of a national secret. They didn't want it to get out. But it, but if someone is speaking in his ear during a debate uh, circumstance, that that clearly is cheating, and I guess what what strikes me about this, and you criticize the media all the time for their lack of coverage, is the fact that that's a pretty significant issue that the U.S. media just isn't really picking up on, except Doonesbury.
1: You know the way this type of thing gets dismissed. They say, well, these are internet rumors, okay? Right. Internet rumors, whatever that means, you know. And and this is a way to sort of marginalized criticism or or people who have insight into something or see things that other people may may not see as clearly and have an outlet I mean in this whole election we know that the most interesting reporting is coming from the bloggers on right. you know, online, not from the correspondents covering the campaign, who often can't even get access to the candidates, because they're so managed. I mean, in some respects, Michael Wolf of Vanity Fair says, you know, both political parties have become media organizations. Essentially, that's what they are. And their whole effort is how to spin their, their message, how to get it across in the most effective way. We're using paid media and unpaid media.
0: We appreciate you very much. for giving us a little little insight here in our pre-election special. Uh, how are you calling uh, next Tuesday?
1: Well, you know, I, I, you know, I have my, my hopes and I have my fears like <laughs> everybody else. You know, there's so many uncertainties here. You know, these polls, they don't monitor people with cell phones, for example. Right. A lot of people don't even have phones anymore. Are uh, young people really being canvassed fully? We don't know. Are minorities? We don't know. So how do you trust the polls? Probably you can't. So there's a lot of surprises that are likely. I mean, I would like to see, obviously, this administration not be returned to power. I think uh, that probably would be very good for the kinds of concerns I have about a free media, about people being informed about issues and the like. On the other hand... uh, the bush machine has been very strong and it has been able to play off of and reinforce a narrative that our media has been pumping out ever since nine eleven and the bush people skillfully grafted their own message on top of that and it's not it's not a message that turns on facts so much it turns on emotion identification with bush you know he's there to protect us he's the father figure he's going to save the nation right Even, and you know, so. There's a lot more to this going on than appears to be going on, okay? And the the Bush campaign, its latest to add a pack of wild wolves, you know, you know is is an appropriation of symbols, using symbols and emotion in you know in their communication strategy. So people on the left tend to like want to talk about issues, you know. They get into facts, you know. Did you know such and such and such right. and such footnote? Did you right. read that book? Did you most? Ordinary people don't think of politics that way, and the Bush people know that. And they, they're really into managing perceptions to the, best of the ability, to the best of their ability, and they're very skilled at it. They are corporate marketing people and corporate advertising people. Uh, they've been selling for years, and now they just have a new product named George W. Bush.
0: Yeah, I think of that New York Times article by Ron Suskin last week where he talked about the Bush people sneering at critics who are, quote, fact-based, unquote.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't think that way. I mean, they claim to be faith based, but they're actually very careful about their control of, of their message, how they reinforce it over and over again. And that's why this is a particularly scary time, because even though the facts, as, as you will, or information would seem to contradict the claims of the president, it doesn't matter. His base is, it doesn't pay attention to that at all. So you can tell people, you know, like the sky is falling, they'll believe it if they hear it enough. And, that, and that's one of the scary things about our, our communication system today. People look out, you know, to, to hear things they already agree with. They're really, that's what, and then they're really challenged or, or actually really informed because they already have their prejudices, The prejudices are just reinforced. So media is about attitude, I and mean, I think that would be true also The Daily Show. You know which is so funny It's so cool you know but young people worship it because it it reinforces their attitudes and their anger at what's going on it doesn't necessarily give them a lot of information it's very irony rich you know so that's the problem with our information system today it's changed dramatically Uh, that's what we monitor at mediachannel.org that's what i show in my new movie wmd the you know, WMDTheFilm.com, but WMD, Weapons of Mass Deception, a book embedded also about media and deception. All of these things are an attempt to try to get people to wake up, to check out what's really happening, and get involved trying to improve our media.
0: Danny Schechter, it's been a pleasure once again. We encourage you to keep up the great work that you're doing, and, and hope that we might talk to you again maybe next month post-election.
1: Yeah, please do. Any time and every time.
0: All right. Okay, All bye-bye. Bye-bye. Danny Schechter, a genuine expert on media. We're looking forward to speaking with him again in the future. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is KDVS 90.3 FM. Stay tuned, and we're going to talk about the propositions in some local races. With our friend Richard D. Cox.